You are listening to It's Midnight Somewhere with DJs Mistress McCutcheon and The Wasteland. It's midnight somewhere. It's midnight. It's midnight somewhere. Hi, this is Mistress McCutcheon coming to you from downtown Toronto. And of course, I am accompanied by my partner in crime, The Wasteland. Who is four days away from being fully, totally, 100% vaxxed and could go back to his favorite pastime hobby of licking random doorknobs. Yes, I am here for it. I'm ready to lick all the poles. I've got my foam axe. I got my vax and I am ready for snacks. Okay, that didn't land. Is that like sex with strangers? No. Oh, God. (laughs) Just snacks. Like actual legit snacks. Cause So you don't you don't browse the internet nearly as much as I am. That's what I just learned. Anywho. I all right. Well, today we are going to be talking about how we are approaching the aftertimes. In Toronto, as of July 16th, we are going to be entering stage three of the quote unquote reopening. Now, what this actually means is that you can have an outdoor gathering or public event of 100 people and indoor gatherings of 25. Indoor dining is coming back with whatever capacity, as long as patrons can still socially distance or or remain physically distanced. Venues are opening, and what's happening is they're they're allowing either 250 people or 25% capacity, whatever number is smaller. Personal care services, so the hair salons, tattoo parlors are also going to be able to operate at whatever capacity as long as patrons can remain distanced. So I'm going to be honest here, and given my line of work, I have not paid attention to what's we're in, where we're at with any of that, because it's kind of all meaningless. Uh, So if you haven't caught on by listening to previous episodes, I'm a retail worker. I work in a shop that is, uh, has its own private entrance. So we opened right away and I haven't had the time to consume the news in the detail that Laura has. Uh, all I know is that for some reason on the 30th, we, we increased our capacity. So I'm, I'm guessing that's when we hit phase two. Yes, you're saying phase three, and that's kind of news to me. Yeah, yeah, and that's just it. And phase three is actually opening several days earlier than initially planned because on the positive side, Toronto, as of this recording, is well over 50% vaccinated, and that's fully vaccinated Torontonians, which is incredible news. Also, as of this recording... 78% of Torontonians have at least received their first dose. The numbers of cases are going down, which gives me a lot of hope, keeps me optimistic. But at the same time, I am still going to be exercising quite a bit of caution. I think I will probably be continuing wearing masks in public for some time. Yeah, I did see a story the other day where Toronto had finally hit the caseload equal to September 12th, 2020, which is quite a big difference. And that was right before really the entire world just realized, I think, how bad it was going to be over the winter. Mm-hmm. Um, my personal experience is, is kind of weird because, again, I, I work in retail. I work in management. So I'm at work a lot 
And then when I come home, I don't really have the spoons to deal with pandemic news. So for those who are wondering how how I couldn't know that it was uh, stage three until just now, I kind of rely on Laura for a lot of that because <laughs> Laura... For real, like your updates, you've kept count of the days, you've kept count of, like, I, I could tell you how severe the lockdowns have been from a working standpoint, but I think from the uh, overall informational standpoint of of what's going on in Toronto, you have a better better feel for that. Like, how many days ago did we start? The initial lockdown started at the weekend around... March 13th. That's when I think things officially started where it was like, okay, we're, we're locking down. I had started working from home a little bit prior to that. So March 12th of 2020 is when I started staying at home. And from someone who is an extrovert and works in tech and is used to walking to work and all sorts of of uh, socializing and going to the gym and going to dance practice and all that kind of stuff and having all my extracurricular activities, having that all halted uh, has been crazy because it's been a total 180 on my life. Uh, I've, I've essentially been a shut-in. It's been very challenging being in the same four walls and it's a, you know, a rinse, rin, uh, what is it? Uh, it's been you know, lather, rinse, repeat for so long that there are certain things I need to cling to uh, landmark wise to know what day it is and to know what's going on. The The best reason that I know when a Friday is, is because, oh, prophecy is going to be on. Oh, I'm DJing this Friday. So those have definitely been a big lifesaver for me as far as having something to look forward to, having an opportunity to put on a nice outfit and throw on some makeup and throw on some music and, and be social. So uh, I, I didn't leave my house very much uh, through, I, I've only, throughout all this, I haven't left my house much, but in, more recently, I've been kind of getting out a little bit just to run errands. Uh, haven't been inside many shops, but I've been certainly eating a lot of ice cream because it's summer and that's a thing that needs to happen. And Toronto's got a lot of really good vegan ice cream parlors. So I have to eat all the ice cream this summer. And yeah, that's that's where I've been kind of keeping tabs on things because I'm really curious to see okay, well, when is going to be appropriate to, to move forward? Because various bars have been throwing patio parties and have had DJs on patios. And being outside has been, has been good. You don't necessarily need to be, you don't need to be masked outside. The, the, the chances of catching it outside are pretty low. Uh, a lot of the places that I've seen locally, it's a matter of, yeah, we can be on the patio and have a party. And if you're going to go into the bar to order a drink, or if you're going to be going into the, the washroom, then you need to put your mask on to enter the premises. But otherwise, yeah, I mean, it's it's been a challenge because I'm like, I don't know what's going on in the outside world. And it's funny because when I, I have been getting out more recently, I've been noticing all the things that have been changing where it's like, oh, there's a gazillion pot shops all up and down Queen Street. There's more dispensaries than you can imagine. And it's it's almost comical how much. I think there's more in Parkdale, though, just because I walked through there recently, believe it or not. No, I, I, I 
think Kensington and uh, a big chunk of Queen has tons where almost it, it feels like every other shop is is a dispensary, which I'm like, OK, well, let's see how this all works. Maybe this will be like when frozen yogurt was a massive trend and every other shop was a frozen yogurt place. Let's see how many of those will still be left standing in the next couple of years. But as far as the scene is concerned and as far as nightlife goes, it's been interesting because we've been on Twitch since April of last year. And the numbers, I'm always really curious to see how many folks are still interested in tuning in because if folks are going out on Friday nights, they're less likely to tune into the live stream. But there is still a need. There is still some folks who, who want to come together and there is community and conversation happening on live streams. Yeah. And I think there will be for a bit, like the people who are overly cautious, the people who have no reason to leave their house yet. I think they're going to be the people that will continue to frequent Twitch. You know, there, there are people kind of like myself, I'm kind of due to business forced to deal with the public. So I, I think I end up being a little less cautious than you are um, in a lot of ways because, you know, when this whole thing started, I working retail, I, I, I even remember having a conversation with my mother. It's like, you know, um, for me, it's, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Mm. And I count myself lucky that I haven't contracted it. Whereas I know other people who have been more, more cautious than I have, more cautious than I have that have gotten it. And that's just because like, it's not that I'm not trying to be cautious. It's that I have to go on transit. I have to go to work. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's a thing. I, I try to stay away from people. I mean, I, that's, that's who I am normally. Like if, if I have no reason to talk to people, I don't want to deal with them. Um, you know, I, I think the most social use you'll see me is at any of our own events. Yeah, no. And that's, you know? that's absolutely accurate. It, again, it's been hard to keep track. It's, it's, but again, the, the saving grace has been being able to meet various folks online to kind of stay in communication with everybody and see what's going on. Uh, because one of the things that I'm also looking at is shows that are being booked. Cause I know that, here locally, the Horseshoe has actors booked for September. And when that first got announced, I was like, oof, I don't know if that's something I would, I love actors. Would I go? And I'm like, I don't know how comfortable I feel. But that was a couple months ago when the show was first announced. I think it's just going to be a matter of kind of easing in and seeing how things kind of transpire because rules can change you know, from day to day when we learn different things. The, the other shows that are coming up is uh, She Passed Away is coming to Lee's Palace. And I know a lot of folks are really interested in that as well. But do we all want to jump into a, into a venue yet? I, I don't have a good answer for that. I don't know. I just got asked for, uh, I, I just got asked for a DJ booking in October because Halloween will be coming yep. up and, you know, is Halloween going to be saved this year? Are we going to be able to go out and party? I don't know. And this is part of where I think we diverge in, in our viewpoints because, as you said, you've been shut in for the better part of a year. Yeah. And and so j 
just to give people an idea, Toronto is one of the most locked down cities in North America. It's probably the largest, most locked down city in North America. Guess. Um, so for me, the past year has been this. The first lockdown for me in retail, the first time they shut down non-essential retail was March 20th. Um, we came back on May 26th, 2020. Uh, those two we- two months, I was unemployed. Uh, but that was when they were giving everybody big stipends, Justin Bucks, whatever. We stayed home. If you listen to path- past episodes, you'll even hear me joke about it. Um, the next lockdown comes in November. And we shut down November 22nd, I believe. And we reopen March 11th. So uh, quite a quite a stretch. Uh, my job kept me employed. Uh, my job was a lot more physical than I'm used to, which has its own challenges, but that's fine. I, I'm not complaining. I was employed and I'm thankful. Um, I moved in April. I moved to April 18th and then we shut down again. Oh, we shut down uh, April 8th. Oddly enough, we shut down. Lockdown on my birthday. Right. Thank you, Doug Ford. You gave me, um, you fucked up my day off, you fuck. I was supposed to have the day off for my birthday, and then all of a sudden I had to be called in because we were shut down and everything changed. Right. Um, and we were shut down until June 11th. And again, I worked through that entire lockdown. Again, thankful to be employed, unlike everybody who works with me, who wasn't management. Mm-hmm. Um so we've spent a lot of our time locked down, but in between, the the reopenings look like the first time we were at 25% capacity, and now this is where it gets dumb. You got to follow me on the math here. We were at 25% capacity due to our sales floor space. Now that included team members. That makes sense, right? You could have 25% of your total fire limit capacity plus people who work there. So 105 people total, uh, which we would usually schedule so we could have 90 customers. That's great. Um, We shut down in November. We come back in for a month, and it's the same. You know, 105, whatever. We're doing our thing, and then we shut down again after a month in What was that? That was April. Mm -hmm. Then when we come back, and this is where it gets stupid, we have to be at 15% capacity, but that only counts customers. So apparently we could schedule as many people as we want, including up to and over the 25% capacity before, because uh, people who work there don't have lungs. Wow. Amazing. So, So we would have, you know, 15 people working just for... You know, front of house. Uh, I work at a thrift store, pretty major one. We would have a donation center with seven or eight people in it. And then we would have management where there would be three or four of us on at a time. So we were we were pushing at 25%, but we were only allowed to have 15% capacity customers. And the idea was to push them through as fast as possible, you know, to get as many people through because it was... June and we had only been open for at that point by the end of the first week of June we were open we were open for five weeks out of the whole year so it was a challenge it was difficult people were 
thankful we were back, but other people were resentful that we were closed. It was it was a mixed bag. Like it was it was a tough year as a retail worker. Yeah, and you retail know. workers get retail workers shit on at the get best shit of times. on. No kidding. But yeah, because then in the vaccination department, like I'm just so angry because the Ontario government just totally botched everything and the way things are getting rolled out. And uh, it was like, oh, let's let's deal with the vaccinations. And then it was like, oh, we're going to do this and then we're going to do this. And then we're going to spread out the vaccinations so that you're going to have four months between doses. Because when I was relaying this information to my American friends, they were like, what? Can you do that? (laughs) And it's like, well, apparently we are. And it was similar in Europe. Um, So there was space between vaccinations. Trying to get a vaccination appointment was something akin to the Hunger Games because, or it was either the Hunger Games or all those times that we've spent trying to get tickets from Ticketmaster and you're constantly refreshing or you're on the phone for X amount of time waiting to get through so you can get tickets, like all those skills came into play. So trying to get a vaccination was was just crazy town. And we just opened and closed too quickly. It was like playing with the ocean where the tide went out and we went, oh, we're fine. And then the tide came back and we were like, oh shit, we got to close. So there was so much of that back and forth. As you said, we were one of the cities in lockdown for so long and it, it spurred all sorts of things. Lots of folks who were resentful about that. All these crazy motherfucking anti-masker people and the white supremacists are all over the place. It's like, which I do have to say the primary, the primary pusher of anti-masking in North America is based in Toronto. Believe it or not. Chris (sighs) guy is, um, or Chris, Fuck that Sack guy. Bag. That guy. We don't want to. We don't want to talk about his name because you know what? I don't want to give him any recognition because then I don't he- want to give him any recognition. I just want other people to understand that that the whole ask anti mask most of those sentiments came out of Toronto and um, the dude's a white supremacist. Don't don't listen to him. Don't let your family listen to him. Please spread awareness. The motherfucker's a motherfucker. The of the worst kind. Absolutely. So it's just been frustrating. And at the same time, in the past couple of weeks, I have to say I'm looking optimistically at things. June 27th marked a record-breaking event at the Scotiabank Arena because they vaccinated over 26,000 people in one day. They did a pop-up clinic there. It was sponsored by all sorts of different initiatives and and they did it. And it's amazing. It's truly amazing that they they went in and did that. Uh, We were lucky when when the vaccination process was getting accelerated because my first vaccine was in April and then I wasn't due for my next vaccine until August. And then when they said, oh, we're just, we're opening it up and here's how you can do this and blah, blah, blah. And it was kind of a a scramble because all these pop-up clinics were coming up. But if like me, that you're working in tech and you've got nine to five hours, you can't just stand in line for a couple hours and hope to get an appointment. You just don't have the time to do it. 
but you do have time to sit your ass on a computer and keep hitting refresh, which is what I did. And then it was a matter of like, oh, there's appointments. Oh, they're in Barrie. Oh, fuck this. They're in Hamilton. Oh, what the fuck is that? Wait, they're downtown. Okay, let me get a day. Ooh, ooh. Uh, you, do you need an appointment? Here, go to this link. They're on. Go get an appointment. And yeah, we, we scrambled and we did it. So, because with the variants, it's... <laughs> It's hard to say how the variants are going to affect people because at least with the vaccination, you know that you're not going to die and that you're not going to be hospitalized. Your chances of being hospitalized are much, much, much lower. But at the same time, you can still catch COVID, but you might just get it and think you have a cold. Or you could be asymptomatic and just pass it on to somebody else. So it'll be really interesting to see as venues open and as events are happening, what the criteria to enter are going to be. Because I know in some places, I know in New York for the Red Party, they're requiring proof of vaccination to enter. Good. I am all for it. Uh, I know a lot of folks are like, well, this is a personal choice to get vaccinated or not. And no. I don't agree with Sorry. that opinion at all. I, don't I really agree don't. With that at all. I know this makes me sound. This might make some people not a fan, but I'm almost a fan of. Hey, I wish we could do enforced vaccination because it doesn't become it, it. It can't be a personal choice when this affects so many people around you. I'm just yep. fucking tired of people being so fucking selfish. You live in society, and there's a societal contract. Unless you're out in the fucking woods in the middle of nowhere and you see nobody and you want to be a hobbit, fine, have at it. But when you are a part of society, there are rules. And when your actions affect other people, don't be so fucking selfish, which is why right. I really want to see everybody get vaccinated as quickly as they can. I'm a little nervous about how they're going to deal with the American border because apparently my BFF, who is like, I do want to come up and see you, I don't know what and how this is all going to happen. But again, as of this recording, my understanding is that Americans who are fully vaccinated can come to visit friends and close friends and family uh, in Canada, but you're required to show that you're vaccinated. You're required to show that you have a negative COVID test, and then they still want you to quarantine for two weeks. Yep. So they're not fucking around. No, they're not fucking around. And with good reason, because... um much like here in Ontario, the last person running the states was a fucking moron. Um, so, yeah, let's just, you can't trust everything all the time. Yeah. And that's really what it comes down to. And really what it comes down to is it's not a question of personal choice when it can affect others, Karen. So go get your fucking needle. So that brings us to what we did for this episode which is we reached out and to multiple people all around the world to see where they're at and see what's going on in other areas of the scene because community is really what we were all about. That was our mission statement in episode one. Um, and I'll be honest, I even reached out and like, quote unquote, cold called a couple of artists. Uh, and some of those clips came back positive, you know, and... We got people I've never spoken to before. We got people Laura hasn't spoken to before. And then we got a bunch of people that are pretty fucking cool and we speak to a lot. 
Oh, I think all of them are really fucking cool. And I'm, I'm I really I think they're grateful. all really cool people. I will point out one thing that I thought was funny is that DJs talk a lot less than artists. <laughs> but that's why they write music and we just play it. Anyway. So let's kick this off. We're going to start with our friends from Exiled Radio, DJs Arcanis and Motia, who are based in Boston. And this is what they had to say. So, Tony, what stage of opening would you say that we're in here at Exiled Radio? Um, we're pretty okay with fully vaccinated people being in our home. If people aren't, then they are not allowed in unless they are a small Bleeding. child. <laughs> and need medical, urgent medical care. <laughs> Something like that. Um, we're going out a little bit, um, doing some um, outings. A little bit of eating in at restaurants, although... We're remaining, at least I feel that I'm remaining somewhat vigilant, knowing that there might be other variants that are even worse than Delta in the pipeline. I personally am not too worried about what Delta might do to someone with the vaccine, as things are now, nor am I concerned that it will cause some kind of spike in hospitalizations. But if some breakthrough case produces some kind of horrible new variant, we could end up Maybe not back at square one. I don't think that's possible, but close to. Yeah, I, I pretty much agree that um, the Delta variant probably won't have a big impact on people who are fully vaccinated. So I worry more for the people who've decided not to get vaccinated or can't. Including our son, who cannot be vaccinated because he is not even three yet. And so knowing that Delta variant harms the little ones is really upsetting. Hopefully there'll be a vaccine for children that young soon. They say September, but who knows? But when that's available, he will vaccinate it as soon as possible. And as to going out to clubs, um, I am personally thinking like here in Massachusetts, we're in a bit of a lull as far as case a permanent or a temporary thing remains to be seen. I'm kind of thinking about going out just to get it in while I can, but I'm still a bit wary. Well, I know or we know have been vaccinated. So like that's really, but. Dark up in Salem um, is demanding vaccine, like proof of vaccination at the door, which is as rad as shit. Yeah, at least one person complained about it. And promoter there was basically like, un until you've worked in a in the particular hospital ward that he works in, like you can just shut up, it's which is awesome. amazing. Yeah, it was pretty rad. And actually, uh, the Boston Ex Mortis event, uh, they're doing their first in-person one next month in September, August, August. And they are also requiring proof of vaccination to enter. And I think capacity at the Middle East is something like 700 people. So that that's going to be a fully vaxxed event. Really cool. And, you know, as for us, we're still running Exile Radio twice a week. Um, and we still have people who want to come and listen to our stream, even though they are going out, um, which is really gratifying and cool. Thank you for listening to us. We love all our <laughs> listeners. And thank you for having us. We'll see you in person or online. Hey, what's up? This is Brian Graupner from The Gothsicles. We're in Boston. Uh, pretty open. Um, saw a movie last night with no masks. Some places still require them, often based on if you're vaccinated or not. Most people I know are. Um, the Gothicals have some shows on the books. I gotta be getting on a plane. Um, and I'm fine with that. Like, uh, 
if you feel you need to stay home from the show, that's totally fine. If anybody playing in the Gothicals wants to stay home or bow out, it, clearly, um, you know, you're an adult, make whatever choice uh, suits you. I think we sort of live with more risk than we care to think about every day anyway. And uh, I think I'm totally fine with uh, adding this, this new element. But um, yeah, the Gothicals are ready, man. So come check us out. Hello. This is DJ Uriel coming to you from Montreal, the city of a thousand steeples. More specifically, I'm recording this from an apartment in the Notre-Dame-de-Grâce, or NDG area, which is adjacent to Westmount, for those familiar with the island. I'm a goth, ethereal, world-beat, electronica, and industrial DJ. I've been DJing for the past 15 to 20 years. I run my own nights. I opened... Montreal's Darkwave Nights for DJ Mr. Black for many years, which was one of the larger nights at the time. I have a love of Middle Eastern rhythms, and so I tend to bring a more niche or unique element to the goth industrial sound. I've DJed special events, parties, and the like, and I've been good friends with Mistress McCutcheon for ages. I'm here to talk to you about Montreal's current state of pandemic reopening and give you some thoughts on where Montreal is and looks to be moving towards. As of June 28th, Montreal has moved to the green zone, the lowest level uh, of alert for Quebec. Currently, fully vaccinated people no longer need to wear a mask or keep two meters of distance inside private residences. Private residences are now allowed to entertain a maximum of 10 people from different households of all occupants of up to three different households with masks and distancing still being recommended for those who haven't been fully vaccinated. Restaurants can currently serve up to 10 people from up to three residences at the same table. Restaurants can serve up to tourists or patios. And restaurants and bars can serve alcohol until midnight and have to close by 2 a.m. Singing and dan restaurants, so bars and clubs are essentially still closed. Um, bars can operate at half capacity. Things in funerals are concerned, they can host up to 250 people and require fixed seating distancing. Indoor wedding receptions can have up to 25 people and outdoor receptions up to 50. Indoor stadiums and venues require assigned seating and can seat up to 3,500 people subdivided into groups of 250 people requiring a one and a half meter distance and masks. Outdoor activities, like sports and such, can have up to 50 people, and indoor rental halls are capped at 25 and require masks. Outdoor sporting events can have up to 50 participants, but that doesn't include uh, officials, staff, and volunteers. They can have up to 50 spectators. Indoor sporting events can have up to 25 participants and spectators, but physical distancing is recommended. Gyms are allowing working out in pairs or two households, and lessons are capped at 25 with no assistance being allowed in close proximity. So that's where Montreal is as far as the regulations currently go. As far as the scene goes, there are a number of people organizing outdoor events in parks, picnics, and on private properties, but still outdoors, which for me seems a little early. We'll see what the club scene looks like after everything opens up, and with so many venues dying, it's likely that things will look new, or at least fresh, at that point. 
personally, I've been extremely cautious during the pandemic and seeing the flagrant disregard of even the most strict regulations Montreal put in place, I tend to veer towards not attending any of these events just yet or of traveling in the near future. The prospect of U.S. tourists and relaxing border restrictions worries me as well, as the U.S. has a very low rate of vaccination and uh, estimates are saying that it's unlikely that it'll go much above 50%, which seems problematic to me if tourism picks up, which does seem likely. With word of new virus variants and booster shots already, I'm more than okay with hedging my bets and staying cautious until things look a little more legitimately clear. I'll likely not be the first at the clubs when they do eventually open, although I'll surely take the opportunity to see family and a small selection of friends who are similarly vaccinated and cautious. That's where I am currently. That's where Montreal is currently. Thanks to Mistress McKitchen and DJ The Wasteland for inviting me to talk on uh, It's Midnight Somewhere. And in the meantime, stay safe and remember that for us, there's no shame in keeping in the shadows. Hello, this is DJ Darkwave from Rochester, New York. I am the resident Saturday night DJ at Vertex here in town, and I just celebrated my 20th anniversary at the end of May. When COVID hit in March 2020, we were forced to close down, so I moved my show online using Twitch and live sets. I had been doing an audio-only feed with live sets direct from the club for several years at that point, but I took the opportunity of being at home to expand my broadcast to full video and audio. So Vertex is an alternative club now in its 27th year. It's 20 years at our current location after a fire destroyed our original building in 2000, and I've been doing Saturdays since we moved to the new place. We also have DJs on Thursdays and Fridays who bring their own special mix of alternative stuff to the dance floor. We were fortunate enough to be able to remain open in some capacity during most of the shutdown due to our large outdoor deck. So the other DJs and I would either record a set ahead of time or the bar would stream our live set while we DJed from home. We managed to adapt as well as we could to keep the place open and it worked as well as anyone really could expect. So now that restrictions are being lifted thanks to the vaccines, we've been really excited to get back to some degree of normalcy. Our first few nights open, we actually hit capacity and we were very happy to see that people were still anxious and willing to come out. Um, it's been about a month now and we've stayed busy enough to feel that we've, maybe we've made it through the worst of it. Um, we're likely going to be doing a special 20th anniversary party sometime this fall as we'd like to include some of our past DJs who have retired from the club but aren't available uh, locally yet. And now that live music is back, my band Disintegration will be playing our first show since uh, December of 2019. We're a tribute band for The Cure, and we're really looking forward to getting back on stage. Uh, that show is July 24th, so things are looking up there too. So I hope everyone is staying safe and getting back out there as your local conditions allow. Uh, bars and especially nightclubs suffered a lot of lost business in the last year, so make sure you show your support for your favorite place when you can. For more information about me, including my live links and Mixcloud, check my website. It's djdarkwave.com. And thanks. And if you're ever in Western New York or Rochester, be sure to stop in and see us at Vertex. Hello to the It's Midnight Summer podcast and its listeners. This is Mary Catman, solo artist and one half of the Project Helix. I'm living in Rhode Island currently and fully vaccinated. It's, uh, and our COVID restrictions have lifted fully here. Uh, there's a suggestion that those who have not been vaccinated wear masks to live events, but I'm unsure that many people are following that order. There's no real way to tell if somebody was vaccinated or not, and I think that might be a problem. 
Um, I do think that live music making its return is incredibly important, but I am concerned about the COVID variants and a resurgence of unsafe conditions because of that. I know that COVID was highly politicized, so I'm unsure whether the vaccines will be as effective given that many people did not want to participate in getting one for one reason or another. And the future is truly a mystery when it comes to what I think will happen concerning our return to live events. Hello, this is Tara Van Flower from Mesa, Arizona. I believe as of right now, um, our state is open completely. You don't have to wear a mask, but I believe that businesses can still ask you to wear a mask. Um, I think the main thing that concerns me about all of this is the fact that so many people refuse to get vaccinated. And I have a son who is too young to get vaccinated. So we're still concerned about his safety. And we still continue to wear masks and uh, exercise caution when going places. Um, we still sanitize things. And uh, I mean, we were kind of uh, homebodies to begin with, so we never really run around anyway. But um, we have definitely started to go out a little bit more, but still maintaining distance and wearing masks and all of that. And as soon as my son is able, who will be vaccinated, just to give some more uh, peace of mind to our family. And that's about it. Hi, I'm DJ Azzy of Obscure Undead, repping one lone voice in the central Florida goth scene. You know, Florida, we never really closed down. We've had a few false starts. But while our state was never really shut down, most of our scene venues played it very safe. And they've been opening up again over the last few months. And, you know, they've been okay. When I started going out again after I got fully vaccinated... I was really nervous. Uh, being in crowds made me feel like a feral animal. <laughs> and it makes me nervous to see everyone still. But for the most part, like I said, it's it's been okay. Um, I'm looking forward to more nights coming back and hearing new music. I've been a bit spoiled by Twitch and, you know, need to sort of get back into the groove of being out and about again. And I'm hoping it goes really well. I'm scared of the Delta variant, um, the new variants popping up. But I know that our community will take care of themselves and take care of each other. All that being said, I'm actually on my way right now to go to a concert that is being thrown. Our concerts opened up, for the most part, much later than our club nights did. But again, I have faith in our community. And I'm optimistic that if something does happen, if we need to start pulling back, if people start getting sick again that our venues and our promoters will make the right calls. Not just here, but everywhere. So take care of each other and be safe. See you around. Hello, my name is Clint. You may know me from my band Blood Bells or my DJ persona, Ghoul Whip. That is right, everybody. I am cool enough to have a, a DJ persona. So I am a native Texan, and uh, the stage of opening that we are in as a state is pretty much, fuck it, man, we're always open. Would you like to know why? That's because we are presided over by his royal shitness, Governor Greg Abbott, who has become famous in the media for his uh, anti-science and anti-logic uh, stance 
on uh, COVID rules and guidelines. Uh, he is uh, very, very against truth, and he's way more about uh, people-pleasing when it comes to the conservative far right in our state. Uh, Texas has been the I believe, hands down, the worst state in the United States about uh, keeping things open when they should not have been. So, luckily, myself, along with 41% of other Texans, are fully vaccinated and very proud of it. Let's uh, do a silent round of applause for that. (laughs) Um, My biggest fear going forward is uh, that... Texas, and especially the Southern United States, a lot of it uh, will be uh, full of people who will not have learned their lesson from the first go round. And we're already seeing these like hybrids of COVID going around and starting and these kind of like mutated versions of it. So I'm, I'm, I'm fearful that Texas is going to see another astronomical spike in cases if we're not careful, especially amongst obviously non-vaccinated people, but I'm hopeful that we will hopefully pull together and uh, do the right thing. So that is my two cents, everybody. Thank you so much for listening, kids. And thank you to Laura and Jay for having me on It's Midnight Somewhere. And remember, everyone, it is always midnight somewhere. (laughs) Hi, I'm DJ Eris. And I'm DJ Anarchy. And with our powers combined... We are The New Water, a nightclub situated in Melbourne, Australia, playing goth and alternative music. And uh, more recently, we've been able to run in real life events since December 2020, but it's been an interesting experience. Um, The stages of opening that we sit in as a country and as a state can vary week to week. We're actually in a unique position at the moment where Victoria is perhaps the only state without an outbreak of the Delta strain at the moment. So it has been interesting. The challenges for us in actually opening in real life events has been a few. So next weekend, we actually do have an in real life event and a lot really depends on if we're allowed to dance. Um, It's like Footloose here at the moment. We're allowed to go out, but you must sit down. You may not even stand. Yeah, we're allowed to go to a bar, we're allowed to listen to music, but we can't dance. So we are basically waiting to see what happens next week to see if we can actually dance at our event or if we can even run. It's pretty touch and go at the moment. Um, I mean, it's yeah, it's pretty scary out there at the moment. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen. So we will wait and see next week and we'll let you know if we run. <laughs> It's been interesting. I mean, we've been really lucky, been running since December last year, as I said. Um, And for most of all, for all of our events, actually, we have been allowed to dance. And um, one of the big silver linings from this whole COVID situation has been Twitch. So we've been able to meet an amazing amount of awesome people online that really become like family. And the the talent that is in Twitch at the moment is just insane. It really is. We've been exposed to so many different styles of DJing and new music. It's just been incredible. Yeah, it's, it's so good to see what all the other countries are doing as well. And hopefully when this whole um, COVID thing is getting better, we can travel. Um, we are looking forward to traveling all the countries and visiting all the DJs we see online. Um, but at the moment, we are still trying to run our events, I guess. Uh, we are still in half capacity, so we're still running with limited numbers, which is a bit of a challenge. 
Uh, we're trying to mix things up a little bit. It has been amazing being able to see some of our Twitch viewers in the flesh in our clubs, which has been awesome. Um, we love hearing feedback from people. And we absolutely love playing new music to our in-real-life punters. Uh, it's been incredible. And interestingly enough, I guess because by osmosis, we've been playing quite a lot of new music for a very long time online. Um, stuff that we feel is quite old now is actually still quite brand new to our guys. So we've actually, um, with that in mind, created two dance spaces in our nightclub. So we've got one area for the trad goth folks and the post-punk folks, and we've got one area for the more Twitch stream-centric stuff, so the more newer music, um, more dark synth, more sort of new goth stuff, which has been um, great. We did our first um, experiment with that room for World Goth Day, and it was incredible. People loved it, and I think it's always important to, I think, have that balance. Yeah, it's definitely more DJs, more music and more variety, which is amazing. Uh, everyone likes different music, so it's good to put a bit of variety into the club. Uh, as we go into next week, we'll see whether or not we can run and see what happens. But we just want to say thank you to It's Midnight Somewhere podcast for having us today, for letting us talk about this stuff. And also as well, um, I think one really important thing to acknowledge before we go is, is that um, I think this community of ours is amazing. So so incredibly supportive and we absolutely cannot wait to meet you all in the flesh, as Anaki said. It's going to be amazing. And you know what? I don't care how long we have to wait. It's going to happen. We'll be there. We'll see you all in the flesh. And uh, that's it from us. But thank you so very much for having us. Hello, everybody. This is DJ Saberpagan from Braunschweig in Germany. Thank you. It's Midnight Summer for inviting me to... Uh, contribute a little piece for the podcast. Yes, as I said, I'm in Germany, and uh, as always in the world, the situation with DJing in a proper club has been hard here. Basically, the most of the clubs in the country have been closed from March 2020 until just a few weeks ago, and now they're gradually opening, and here in Germany, it depends strictly on the incident rate in the uh, actual in the in the affected community so if, if in my city which is roughly a, a quarter million people um, clubs may open if the incident rate is less than 10 per 100,000 people in a week and if it gets higher again uh, there will be stricter measures again so um we're not over yet i think so at the moment here in town it's uh for discos and clubs it's uh you can go in if you get yourself tested the test does not have to be older than one day and once you're inside uh, there is no mandatory mask and no social distancing uh, while at outside uh, restaurants and bars, uh, you can sit at the table without a mask. But once you get up, like to go to the toilet or something, you have to wear the mask. And um, that's the current measures with the low incident rate until 10. If it gets higher again, there is still a chance that discos and clubs might have to be closed again and my take on it is that I find it not too bad that Germany 
has taken the cautious approach of not opening everybody, everything too soon, uh, especially in the face of the current variants. Uh, the only thing is, of course, that the politicians uh, have uh, invested billions of euros into big industry to save them, in spite that, uh, like the automobile industry, they could still work all the time. While the entertainment sector, which in the end has more employees than the uh, automobile industry, um, is struggling for uh, every cent at the moment, basically. So this is a bit unfair, but uh, that has nothing to do with the actual closing or opening of clubs. Um, what I fear at the moment is that with the new variants, um, that is not still not entirely clear how people that are fully vaccinated, if they are st can still transmit it uh, to people that are not vaccinated and how reliable those tests are. There was just, I, I've just read on the news today that in Holland there has been a club that uh, opened last week and the first night got about, uh, resulted in 200 new cases. Um, so I think we're not quite over it yet. I just had my second shot yesterday. Um, so I'm uh, looking a bit on the upside at the moment. But I think for proper normality, uh, we still need to find out a couple of things about how dangerous the new variants are and get the fuck on with the vaccination program. Because at the moment, it's, uh, here the problem is that many people who had the first jab don't go to the appointment for the second one because they think, oh, yeah, I've got my... Uh, vaccination so the pandemic is over for me and they drop all caution uh, and uh, contribute to the further spreading of the disease so yeah um, I think it's a silver lining on the horizon but we still have to be careful that's why I for me resolved not to go to any event whatsoever before I got my second jab I'm going to a little gig next week uh but that's a seated one with 30 people only and mandatory testing. So I'm okay with that, but certainly no bigger events for the next month or so at least. And then I will see. So that, that's my take on it. Thanks for inviting me for this and stay safe and bye-bye. Hello, I'm Mortasha Kinski. I'm originally from Sydney, Australia, but have been based in London since 2008. At the moment in the UK, we can meet up to five people inside a venue such as a pub, but must remain seated and table service applies. One of London's longest standing club venues, Electroworks, has been running seated venues with DJs and tables of up to six people. You're not allowed to mingle between tables. I've taken advantage of the current arrangements and have held a few micro club nights while streaming at home with up to five friends visiting and dancing. Uh, these happened back in September for well, just on a month and have been since the middle of May this year. We've been able to meet up to 30 people outside for the past two months, so there have been many picnics and dancing around Bluetooth speakers. The UK government has announced that all social distancing rules will be removed from the 19th of July. Laws regarding mask wearing will be repealed so that the last businesses and areas which have been in flux since March 2020 can reopen. 
the government is basically saying we can go back to our old lives but be sensible. I'll admit I'm not a fan of the current UK government on many levels and I've been disappointed by their approach to this pandemic. To me, they're putting the economy before people's well-being. It's really a concern when hospitals and healthcare workers have stretched their limits. In a way, yes, I am excited because that means nightclubs can reopen and we can go and dance and stand at gigs and bars again. However, I'm wary because case numbers are increasing exponentially with the Delta variant. The UK is up to over 32,000 new daily cases, the highest number since January. One thing the UK government did well was to get the vaccination program rolled out quickly and widely. 68% of the population have had their first vaccination and over 51% have had their second jab. But we've had over 4 million cases and over 128,000 deaths. These numbers are scary. The government had a similar be responsible approach when COVID first hit Europe and didn't act quickly or strongly, hence these numbers. I've been following with interest the approach in Australia. The Australian government quickly shut international and state borders and imposed a 14-day quarantine period for those arriving, which was essentially citizens or permanent residents returning to their home. The country has a population of around 25 million and has contained cases and deaths with this approach. Uh, deaths were only at 909, which is so low compared to the UK. Each state has a strong test and trace program with everyone using an app to check in to each visit to a shop, bar or restaurant, for example. Many bars and restaurants will not allow entry unless you have checked in. Whenever a case is identified in a city or town, a lockdown is applied, hence Sydney and another three cities are currently under lockdown. In comparison with Australia, the test and trace program is barely evident in the UK. I've been to one pub where they've had a check-in, but no shops have had this requirement. As I'm recording this, I've read that lifting the rules from 19th of July will overwhelm the UK's testing capacity, that 660,000 PCR tests will be needed each day to discover 100,000 daily infections, which is three times the current rate of testing and more than double the highest volume achieved at the peak of the pandemic. I'm going to take the next few weeks cautiously. I've had my two vaccinations, but I'll continue to wear a mask on public transport and in shops as I still could be a carrier. I'm really excited about seeing more than five friends indoors and being able to dance again, but I'm going to remain pessimistic given how quickly things can change and escalate. Hi, this is Stephen Archer, and I've been asked to record something about COVID and my experiences with it, as well as what I'm planning to do uh, now that we're hopefully coming to an end of it. So when uh, I've always actually kind of followed diseases and things like that. So um, I kind of saw this coming down the pipe pretty early on. And uh, when the last day that, that you were able to actually go out to stores easily, uh, I ran around and bought everything for uh, to build a broadcast space in a garage. My idea being that, you know, like when MySpace started, people basically built entire careers because there was this massive paradigm shift in how people were seeing things. So the ones who got on it early 
uh, really managed to, to get a lot out of it. Uh, I've been doing live broadcasts for years, so it was pretty easy to, to build, a, build a space that was available for that with multiple cameras and things like that, and it worked. It worked really well, actually. We were able to, uh, you know, I think provide high-quality performance shows for people to watch, and um, financially it was very good for us, uh, at least early on. You know, people were, were you know, desperate for that sort of thing. While I was doing all of that over the past year and a half almost, I was able to use the time to to dedicate to projects I I don't normally have uh, space in my life for because normally my life is go on tour, come home, write, record, plan for the next tour, go on tour, repeat, repeat, repeat. Uh, so not having to worry about touring uh, was great because it, it cut down on a massive uh, financial obligation I usually have to plan for. Um, so I was able to put out multiple, like three EPs of original Stoneburner music, a couple of full lengths of, uh, soundtracks style music, uh, three EPs of covers, and, uh, I was able to release, uh, a record by a project I've called Ocellus. It's kind of a weird abstract metal thing. Uh, the one major change that happened was, uh, towards the end of last this past year uh, I was getting very uh, frustrated with um, because I've done all of that work and, uh, and also uh, just maybe a dozen music videos for all that stuff um, anyway and I was very frustrated with the idea that that you know as things opened up I would be going on tour and maybe that work hadn't amounted to anything you know maybe maybe I'd be playing to the same number of people that, that I have been playing to for years and uh, so I um uh, kind of wrote a, a half-joke, half-serious song called Sellout and started working on the next record, uh, which thematically is about anger. Um, Stoneburner has been uh, independent for the last couple of years after a really bad experience our previous record label, and I wasn't actually uh, all that interested in signing to another label. But then I saw what Cop International was doing and uh, dropped them a line about maybe, maybe working together uh, and... You know, I was very lucky, even though they weren't signing anybody, they decided to, to sign me due to uh, the uh, aforementioned uh, work ethic that I have. So um, we were able to get Sellout out, and it just uh, recently, oddly enough, two months after releasing it, recently entered the DAC, the German Alternative Charts, which is pretty cool. And we're preparing for the new uh, record, Apex Predator, which will come out in September the first single for that will be out later this month, Spectrum, followed by another one uh, in August called Contracting Iris. Um, anyway, point being is that, that it, it really forced me to, to re-evaluate uh, my plans. Also, while, while COVID was still in operation, I got picked up by a Rocky Road booking agent um, who are great. They, we've known them for a long time, but we never officially worked with them. And uh, they, they take care of all the biggies. They, they take care of Bauhaus and Killing Joke and Peter Murphy and Fields of the Nephilim, just tons and tons of other acts. Uh, so that's a pretty huge deal. And uh, so obviously my plans are now to get this record out and then get on the road and stay on the road as much as possible. I will, Donna and I were both able to get uh, vaccinated as soon as uh, as we were both able to do it and... Uh, 
will, you know, if we need boosters, we'll continue to do that. It's um, not obviously not just for us, but, you know, we are in contact with our elderly parents that we take care of. So, uh, you know, my my goal is to get back out and get working as as soon as possible. Um, I will be uh, 50 in August and, uh, you know, time ain't slowing down. So after, you know, I had the luxury of really working very, very hard on this new record and uh, being able to throw everything I have into it, both into the record and into the upcoming live shows, all of these ideas that I've been wanting to try and just didn't have the time available. Well, I've had the time, so I'm hopefully bringing something very new to the music and to the stage uh, that that people haven't heard and seen. And uh, I once said to somebody, I don't understand the point of making artwork unless you're going to try and get it out in front of uh, the most people, you know, largest audience possible. So that's that's what I'm trying to do. And uh, barring another lockdown, that's what I will continue to do for the foreseeable future. I've already got good chunks of the fall booked up, and then I'm looking at a fairly involved tour uh, for Stoneburner over a few months in the spring and uh, also in the fall, as well as ego likeness shows and uh, new material for that. So, yeah, I mean, as far as the future goes, my goal is to... uh, work as hard as possible and try and uh, try and get this in front of as many people as possible. I, I believe the work that I've created over uh, over lockdown has been some of the best I've ever done. Um, I'm insanely proud of it and I, I would like to think that there's a, a good solid audience for that. So my hope is to uh, to yeah just get you know get out and work and keep working. Um, do I have any concerns about the future with all of with COVID and all that stuff? I I'm very disappointed to see the numbers of people that haven't gotten vaccinated and uh, the reasons they haven't gotten vaccinated. The, the lack of belief in science and uh, actual proper data, choosing to believe rumors instead of uh, thousands and thousands of people who have spent their lives dedicated to to learning how diseases work and learning to fight them. I just find that offensive on, on, on such a fundamental level. Um, so my honestly, in, in this particular case, I, we got off so incredibly lucky with this disease. It was the training wheel of diseases. I am sorry for anybody who's uh, who lost family and friends to the disease, but all things considered, it could have been so much worse, and and it will eventually. There will be something that comes through that is much much worse, and uh, and maybe even just from the variants of COVID. Who knows? But uh, we need to to really work to educate as many people as possible about these potentials, what to do about it, and try and uh, rebuild a trust in in science and uh, the medical community as a whole. Uh, otherwise, it's just going to get far, far worse, and uh, and we'll see a lot more deaths and a lot more uh, of these lockdown sort of situations. Uh, and it boggles my mind that that you know when you have people complaining about we don't want to be locked down, we don't want to be locked down, but then refuse to do all the things required, the minimal free things required to actually get out of it. I um I I don't understand that and. Uh, 
you know, fear is just such a horrible driver uh, for uh, for choice. So um, I imagine I'm preaching to the choir here, but if you haven't gotten uh, your vaccinations yet, please do, um, not just for yourself, but for the rest of us. I, you know, I, I've been vaccinated for almost six months now, my wife as well, and uh, I can assure you that we've had no side effects, no, you know, as near as I can tell, the, the um, forces that are tracking me don't seem to care a whole lot about my actions, so that's good. Uh, anyway, this is uh, Stephen Archer with Stoneburner and Ego Likeness, and, uh, you know, if you uh, please, you know, look into what we do and uh if you can come out to the shows and come out to you know go out to anybody's shows just go out there and support the artists that have uh tried to scrape by for the past year and a half we need you uh as much as you need us uh so anyway thank you uh and i hope this was useful thanks hey this is matt hart from london uk I am a DJ and musician with a live band under my own name, Matt Hart, both of which are focused on the industrial dark electro sounds. I'll start with a thank you to the Wasteland DJ, Prophecy Online, for reaching out and invite me along to offer some comments about lockdown life for this podcast. Full disclosure, I'm not so good at winging comments off the cuff, so I've written my notes and I will just read this to you. Firstly, I'll give your listeners some info about the UK and where the country is at in regards to the pandemic, plus how it's been um, managed. On the 23rd of March 2020, the entire country went into lockdown. Everything shut, work from home was mandated and life freedoms as we knew it stopped. There was of course adjustment, but I welcome the strict ruling as it was the only viable way to combat this deadly virus. The easiest reflection I can say about my country, I wish a lot of my fellow citizens recognise the importance and value of this action. Only two months later, on the 23rd of June, lockdown easing started, with various restrictions being lifted as the following weeks passed. No surprise, however, a spike in cases and a second lockdown arrived 31st of October, which ended 2nd of December. The public not really learning anything in how to conduct themselves, i.e. don't rush to the pub. And so, on the 6th of January, a third lockdown was rolled out. In the months following, various restrictions were lifted, but as the Covid variants became more widespread, lockdown extensions were imposed. All lockdown measures were set to be removed on the 21st of June 2021, but again an extension, and now it's looking like the 19th of July is the end date. The stats and figures? Well, it's been a mess. Like much of the world, and it's embarrassing how poorly it's been managed in a first world nation as England, often operating independently from other kingdoms of Wales, Scotland and Northern Ireland, couldn't even all agree here. Thankfully though, the vaccine rollout here has been quite successful and 50% of the English UK population are fully vaxxed. It does look like we are on the road to better management. Whilst this percentage is encouraging, honestly, I feel the lack of responsible behaviour has been a major culprit in the high number of positive COVID cases and, unfortunately, deaths. I fully appreciate that people's livelihoods have been heavily impacted and there are so many in financial constraints, but until it's understood that short-term hardship means longer-term health, it's a vicious cycle. 
Let's see what Monday the 19th of July 2021, 16 months after the initial lockdown, brings us. Okay, that was a lot of history waffle. So, what is it meant for me, and what are my concerns and hopes as a DJ and artist? As of today, Friday the 9th of July 2021, and since lockdown on 23rd of March 2020, 16 months ago, I have not had any DJ or music gigs in real life, just like everyone else. So what's this meant? Well, the momentum I had as a live band utterly halted, with no avenue to promote myself and or DJ at clubs, parties, festivals, and being a creative, this was shattering. But of course, I recognize the importance of it all. How did I cope? I turned my attention to writing more music to release digitally and also online DJing through Twitch, creating my channel, MattHeart3808, a steep learning curve as a new platform, but the possibility for engagement with an audience was alluring and a jump ahead 16 months my weekly Monday show, Outlaw Vision, at 9pm BST, with 2,000 followers, it's actually ended up being amazing, since I'm reaching a worldwide audience now and have had global success with my music being pushed out to the DJ community spinning that genre style. So I count myself quite fortunate in that respect. That level of success would not have been achievable by usual methods over the same time frame. My experience with lockdown has been quite cathartic actually, and I've embraced the time creatively and also had some revelations about what is life important and who to me. I've been very fortunate to have remained gamefully employed throughout the entire time. If this hadn't been the case, my story and impressions would have inevitably been vastly different. Much of the time working from home, but when not, my day job allows for little public engagement, so I've been able to keep very safe. I've had my first dose of the vaccine and my second is scheduled for Saturday the 24th of July, so not far off now. The day before that though, I'm booked for a DJ gig. The full reopening of the Electroworks, Slimelight Club, the world's longest running goth alternative club. I'm certainly tentative about being in this type of public space again, but I know that I can conduct myself responsibly. It's not so much a concern in the vein of my personal vulnerableness to the virus, I'm generally a healthy person, but more that I've not been in public setting for 16 months and I'm not really interested in being social with people yet as it's going to feel a bit of a foreign atmosphere. Thankfully though, as a DJ at the event, I'll be able to retreat, stay in zones that are staff only, so I will minimise my engagement with the public, many of whom I gather will be younger than me and also like to closely party, plus likely won't have had their second jab yet. We are social creatures, well for the most part, goth is goth so I can't see the public self-regulating their behaviour to conduct themselves responsibly, and that puts us all at risk. My mum is over 70 years old. I want to visit her and not be worried that someone I stood beside at a club passed COVID on to me unknowingly, and so I could be putting her at risk. So, I'm in no rush to get back into social settings, and I understand this may impact on me as a DJ and musician, but I'd rather err on the side of caution. Jumping back into things, just because they are no longer restricted, isn't my jam. Since Twitch is so successful and safe, I'll stick to this and be selective with DJ opportunities. As for the musician side, my live band is scheduled for a December gig at a club night in London called Reptile. December is hopefully far enough away that the country and indeed the world is a safer place, especially since it will mean rehearsal with my guitarist beforehand and that, becomes, uh, that comes with public transportation, travel, etc. 
While it was common for me to mingle pre and post gigs in the crowd, I'll now be more mindful about what feels safe, as this is paramount. I really feel for the arts, entertainment, hospitality and travel industry, so heavily impacted by this deadly pandemic, and I truly hope that recovery is available to everyone in either resurrecting what they had or building new. Humans have a good way of adapting, and this pandemic gives opportunity to reinvent oneself. Until such a time when the, pop the world population is at full vaccination, it's always going to be in the back of my mind. Be cautious. Travel will be different. My personal habits of sanitizing everything are now ingrained, so that's going to live with me. I'm confident that, along with the rest of the world, my life will return to normal. It's just going to be a different version of it. Quality versus quantity. And by that I mean, I don't need to be entertained every minute of the day. Sitting in the garden, just chilling and reading a magazine are great ways to spend time too. However, with all this lockdown, it means I should have a new album out by the end of the year as well. And that's in addition to the singles I've released over this past year. So I'm hugely grateful to all this personal time. Well, empathetic that it's come at such a high cost. And so for the recap, the Coles Notes version. I've had 16 months to focus on writing music, DJing on Twitch and building a warmly wonderful and supportive community that for me, there will be no rush to return to in real life scenarios, but I won't miss opportunities as they present themselves, providing there are safe, safe atmospheres. Also, my number one fan, my wife, has been along by my side during this lockdown, so all of this has been more endurable because of that too. I would invite you to check out what I do on my Twitch channel, MattHart3808, and on Bandcamp, MattHart.Bandcamp.com. It's been really great to share who I am and my COVID thoughts with you all on this Wasteland DJ Prophecy Online podcast. Thank you again for the invitation. Keep well, stay safe and healthy. Cheers. Matt from 3808. And I think that wraps it up for this episode. So I think that means everybody knows what to do from here. Please like, subscribe, share, uh, tell your parents, tell your dog, tell your friends, tell your, I don't know, weed dealer, the guy at the dispensary, depends on where you, where you live. Tell everybody to get vaccinated if they're not. If they need help to get an appointment, help them out. Let's get this done. If, if you need to knock them out, bring them in an emergency room, just do it. Uh. <laughs> My name's Jason. I promote violence. Uh, oh, dear Lord. Uh, anyway, uh, if you have any comments on this or if you were wondering, you know, if there were anything else we could have done for this episode, please hit us up at our email at it's midnight somewhere podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at it's midnight somewhere. And you could always find us on Twitch where we're there every Friday and probably will be for the foreseeable future because as much as I work with the public don't mean I trust them Fair. until next time friends it's midnight somewhere it's midnight it's midnight This podcast was almost called. My name's Jason. I promote violence.